25 stories I made on MLS. I'm Neetal Raman. I'm Tootle Raman. And we are recording in Atlanta at the loft. We are on episode 24. That means this is the second. This is the penultimate. Penultimate is one of my favorite words. You know, I didn't know what it meant for the longest time. What did you think it meant? Ultimate. Like the best? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was best instead of like the second. Hey, maybe so, this will be the best one. Who knows? Who knows? But episode 24, and I think we're talking about somebody. I don't want to be wrong about this. I think we're talking about a player who left the league at 24. I think, yeah, 24. Yeah. But if not, he was just turning 25. Okay. But we're talking Miguel Maron. Miguel Almiron. Yep. Uh, the story is about Tata and Miguel Almiron. Uh, and it's an important one because it's, it's I, I would argue, it changed the entire league. I would too. Yeah. Um, this story starts in South America. So, like, South American leagues normally have a hierarchy to things. Do you know what I mean? In what way? Like, if you are from Paraguay mm-hmm. and you're playing in, in the league there and you're doing well, um, the expectation is you're not staying there. You're definitely not staying there. In fact, the next stop for you is probably one of the big leagues in South America, which is Argentina or Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of which then, if you do well there, depending on the team you are, you might go to a, like the, one of the, the biggest teams in, in Brazil or Argentina, like Boca Juniors or something. Mm-hmm. Or you might go straight to Europe. And then if, you, if you're in Boca Juniors and you're like excelling... You're probably a $25, $30 million player, and and all the big European clubs are after you, right? So there's like sort of a hierarchy in the ladder, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the the beginning, Miguel Almiron was like no different than that, right? So he starts in Paraguay. He's he's Paraguayan, right? Um, And he starts for a team called Cerro Porteno. Which I know nothing about. Um, It's one of the teams uh, in Asuncion, which is the capital. Um, it's not one of the biggest teams, but he's a, he's a youth player there, and he breaks into the first team. Um, and in the last few years specifically, um, he shows really well, um, specifically in, in Copa Sudamericana, mm-hmm. which is like one of the main tournaments with the Libertadores, right? Right. Um, and that gets him on the radar. You know, the next stop in the hierarchy is to go to an Argentinian or Brazilian team, and there's an Argentinian uh, team. Lanús, that's like really interested. They're at the time coached by Guillermo Barros Scalotto. Oh, Scalotto. Yeah. How do you know him? Our boy. Well, I mean, he's an MLS legend, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, uh, and he used to play for Boca Juniors. Yes. Boca Juniors legend. Uh, played with the crew. Was the MLS MVP. Current, MLS champion. Current coach of the LA Galaxy. Yeah. So um, he's he's coaching Lanús, and, and they buy Miguel Almiron for $2 million and a 20% sell-on. Right? And so that's, that's like a pretty yeah. pretty normal transaction, I think, in the world of South American soccer. Dude shot, has a lot of promise. In the last year, he shows well in an in a, uh, international tournament. And at this time, he's like, what, maybe 20 at the, at the most? I think it's 20, yeah, 20 or 21, right? Yeah. And so um, he moves over to Lanús, and I think uh, the first year was okay. Um, the second year, uh, Scalotto leaves, and uh, there's a new coach. And the, and the new coach makes Almiron like a clear, prominent player, right? Mm-hmm. He's like a central playmaker, and then Lanús wins the title, which is like... They're a decent club, but they're not like a mega club, right? Right. You know, and so like them winning a title is a really big deal, right? 
And normally when you're like, you know, the main creative person and in winning a title in Argentina, like this is where either Boca or one of the big clubs in Brazil is coming after you or Europe. If is not Europe. Europe, right? Yeah. And to a certain degree that like that was already happening, right? So Miguel Amiron's agent, his name is uh, Daniel Campos. And he was talking on the press during this time. Like, hey, on the low, Argentina is start. I mean, not Argentina. Arsenal is trying to start talks to try to get, try to get my guy Miguel Almirón. He calls Almirón the Paraguayan Di Maria. Like he's hyping like his guy up. Mm-hmm. This is when Arsenal is still coached by Arsene Wenger. Like, it's pretty crazy to think how how much the world has changed since then. Right. Um, and so like it was really shocking that Almirón eventually heads to major league soccer at 22 years old right given like the other european clubs that were rumored to be interested or their names were in the transfer kind of um you know rumors for an mls side to get him and not only that it was an expansion team in atlanta united a team that doesn't exist yet right and so how did this happen well to put it short it's tata martino right yeah so Tata Martino is, uh, you know, Atlanta goes really big in terms of filling out one of their front office, which is Darren Eels from Tottenham. We talked a little bit about it. Carlos Bocanegra. Yeah. Right. And so they go in and they, they're like, we need to go after a big coach. And they get Tata Martino to sign up. Do you know how they convinced him to come? You know, I didn't, I didn't go too deep in the detail. I focused this entire story on Miguel Amiron, but now that you say that, I probably should have researched more on that. It's all good. Um, but I, th- I would imagine part of it is like the the allure of starting with something from scratch, which never you don't really get the opportunity. Start, not only starting from scratch, but having a, a, a pocketbook. Yeah, a pocketbook, starting from scratch, and all the allures, I think, of American life mm-hmm. and getting paid well here. So like, I, I would imagine all those things. Um, but from a professional standpoint, when in club, you never start from scratch, right? It can only exist in in the U S. So, um, so Martino was hired to coach Atlanta. If you don't know the, uh, the background for Tata, like, you know, he's best known for coaching Barcelona, but he also coached the national team for Paraguay in the 2010 world cup. Really? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, which Miggy watched when he was 16 years old. Oh, and Paraguay okay. did really well in that, you know, in, in the South African tournament. Mm. Um, Tata Martino also managed Cerro Porteño. Where from, from. Yeah, yeah. A youth club, right? And he managed that team to win a title, right? So Miguel Almiron, you know, has always looked up to him. You know, he, he joked around with his friends growing up. It's like, one day I'm going to play for Tata Martino. And so when Daniel Campos calls him and says, hey, there's an offer. Um, it's from a team called Atlanta United in Major League Soccer. I, I don't, Miguel Almiron didn't even know where Atlanta was on a map, right? I don't think a lot of people do. But A lot of people assume Atlanta's on the coast. Yeah, it's not on the coast. It's not on the coast. I yep. know it sounds like Atlantis. There's not a major body of water here yeah, when to you, justify when you, that. When you, move, when you move down. When you actually Atlanta. look at Atlanta on a map, you're like, what the hell, man? It's right next to Nashville. Yeah. Like, I mean, how, how far is the drive here to the ocean? It's like... Uh, it's probably four four hours yeah, four going and a half, fast. Five and a half going hours, fast. Yeah. It's five to like Savannah's probably 
six. Where you're going to five or yeah, six. Five yeah. or six. No, the panhandle is like I think four hours from here. But yeah. I right, know we digress. Anyway, Almiron is, you know, he doesn't really know where the team is. I mean the team is not existing yet. So like he doesn't really know where even the city is. But So Campos, the main selling point has to be Campos is like, the reason why I'm telling you this is because their coach is gonna be Tata Martino, right? And so he's like, El Tata wants to call you. And Almiron is completely awestruck by this, right? Like I said, he... It's like his hero's calling him personally. Yes, a, yeah. a lot of it. And, like, you know, he, as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, knows stories of Tata Martino, knows he's going to... Like, his hometown club was coached to a championship by Tata Martino. The national team, when he was not even a first-team player, he was still an academy player, mm-hmm. was coached by Tata Martino. I mean, this guy is a, is a legend in every sense of the world. And so... He's like, he's nervous about getting this phone call, right, from Tata. And so Tata calls him up. He's waiting. Finally calls him and he says, hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to Atlanta um, and I would like you to join me in this. And like, what else is he going to say? But of course, yes. Yeah, right. You got to say yes. And so the deal gets done. The deal is $8 million. I mean, that is a, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, right? Yeah. Um, or two episodes ago when we talked about Atlanta United. $8 million for a player. It wasn't uh, the record. The record at that time, I think, was Bradley for $10 million. Right. But for a player that's, like, relatively unknown in uh, no, America. Def- I mean, definitely unknown. Um, you'd have to really be into, like, South American soccer to know who Miguel Almiron was. Or you were into just reading transfers about European clubs because his name was being dropped mm-hmm. there. But he's done for $8 million. So, obviously, there was a sell-on. So Lanus gets $6.4 million, so they basically triple their investment. Yep. Um, and then Cerro Porteño gets uh, uh, $1.6 million. What was the percentage again? They got 20% of it. Yeah. So they get so 1.6, 1.6. So which nearly doubles their original sale, right? Yeah. Um, so this is normally how the hierarchy works. The weird part is like it goes to it's, the next step is MLS and not Europe, right? Yeah. Um, and so Atlanta, by doing this, they show a new level of ambition. Like their star designated player, right, is not a huge name from Europe. It's not an aging player. He's a player from South America. He's 22 years old. And to a certain degree, like this has been done before Before when Seattle got Nico Lodero, right? True, true. Lodero, yeah. Lodero uh, was around $6 million transfer fee, decent size, not a, not a like... Again, if you're into Argentinian soccer, you know him. But like, um, but more likely than not, the average player, like average fan, didn't know who he was until he was bought. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference, I think, between Almiron and Lodero is Almiron's bought at 22. Lodero's a fair bit older. So Lodero, you're like, I'm gonna, I'm buying him, but I'm buying him to the point where like he's gonna be in his 30s by the time he's done with his first contract. So either I'm gonna resign him, or you know. It's not. It's not going to be a huge chance for right, out. Right, right, right. Right. Miguel Almiron is like, I'm signing, but like, realistically, I'm signing for a few years so I can then go to Europe. Right. Yep. And so it wasn't just like I'm buying it for eight million dollars. Spend is an eight million dollar investment, which is right, 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 right. It's an investment versus a spend. Right. So Almiron plays. I was actually at the first game. Um, when, we were both there, right? Were you there? It was a Bobby Dodd Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, we were there. Ah, uh, we didn't go together though. Yeah, we did. No, you didn't. I went with my ex-girlfriend. I'm pretty sure I was there, man. Uh, weird. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so 
Bobby Dodd Stadium playing the Red Bulls, right? And Almiron is awesome in that game. I mean, Atlanta played really well. They end up losing. Almiron's like hella confused because like the Atlanta fans are super excited by like the team looking good. Right. Right. And playing well and playing an attractive soccer. Um, and he's confused because like in South America, it's like regardless if you're playing well, you lose, you should, normally the crowd is not happy, right? Okay. You're definitely right. Because first game I saw Bobby Dodd was against Chicago. Ha. Yeah, Kapilov got a red card. Listen, this is the first time my memory actually is better than your memory. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, it's the other way around, so I'll take it. But I feel like I was there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you probably watched it. Yeah. Is that, is that the moment where you switched allegiances from Red Bulls to Atlanta? I, I mean, I love the vibe so much. That, yeah, the first, in, the first game I went to in person is probably, I don't know, I probably felt exactly the same way as every other Atlanta fan. Like you're part of a community. Yeah. 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 Like we did the we did the walk from this loft. Yep. Up North Avenue. Yeah. Straight on, basically, straight to the stadium. Did the march. Uh, at the time before, uh, these games were played at Mercedes Benz. You can see like very clearly the pencil building in the background and like a clear skyline. So you had that cool feel to it. And um, and the product on the field was attractive. And Almiron led the led the product on the field. Yeah. You know, like he's playing. Like, he's surprised by the positivity of Atlanta, um, not knowing anything about like American soccer or anything about the city itself. And you know, to be honest, even when Bobby died, like you're playing in front of packed crowds. Yeah. And then when they move to the Benz, like you're talking forty, fifty thousand a game. If if they open up the whole stadium and get in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, and and like the team is lightning fast. If you're listening to this podcast. And um, I'm assuming you're, if you're listening to this podcast that you haven't seen Miguel Almiron play, you're probably in the future uh, and you've just gotten to Major League Soccer. Do yourself a favor and look up highlights of Miguel Almiron. Because like, his connection in the counterattack, his work rate, his skill uh, with the ball at his feet at high levels of pace, leading an attack, um, which usually ends up with a Joseph Martinez goal, He's, is like... Yeah. He's Amazing. one of those players where you can't, you can't not pay attention to him. At all times. <laughs> Whether that's, you know, his opposition on the field or a fan. Yeah. Like, you can't keep eyes off of him because he beats people one-on-one, he draws fouls, he straight-up outruns people, even with the ball at his feet. He makes the clinical pass. He can hit the, you know, the... 25-yard goal outside the box. He was just capable of everything that a team needs. Yeah. And if you look at his stats, like his stats are good, if not great. Like he's a double-double threat in terms of goals and assists. He's an MLS best 11 in both years that he's here. Um, His connection with Joseph Martinez is top-notch. Fusion. But he never um, wins MLS MVP. Uh, Joseph does in 2018. He does, I mean, because he also broke a goal record. But, like, you can see a clear difference between Amiron with Joseph Martinez and Pity Martinez with Joseph Martinez. Oh, listen, I'm going to go one step further. He might not not have won MVP. He is, without a doubt, he was the best player in the league both years. I agree. Without a doubt. I I agree. Dribbles, threat, creating passes, creating key chances, like... By far the best player in the league. Um, it's uh, 2017, the, the expansion year. Like, they're doing better than anticipated. They're in the playoffs. They have a home game. 
against Columbus. Mm-hmm. That they, game I was definitely at. I was also at that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends in heartbreak. With penalty kicks. With penalty kicks. Yeah. And um, and in in an article that Miggy himself wrote, like he wrote, he he cried after that game. He was so upset about it. Like he was so into and bought into Tata Martino and bought into the team. I think Tata before the game says he had a good relationship with everybody. Yeah, so. he's just a, like a seemed like a fun person, right? Yeah. But like before that game, Tata in the in the locker room said, "Hey, win this game for Atlanta." So he. He's feeling a, a bond with the community as well, right? Mm. Eventually, in 2018, though, like they they break through, they they win the entire thing. Um, it ends with a trophy parade, which you were at in the rain. It's the first kind of uh, major trophy Atlanta's Did won. Did you say I was time. at? Were you not there? I couldn't go because I ah. had work. Sorry, you were at the you were at the game at least. I was at the I was at, I was at MLS Cup, which is way more important, in my opinion. Than a trophy, yeah. Yeah, like you can you can see pictures and. Watch videos of a parade if you don't make it, but nothing beats yeah. being at MLS Cup. It's kind of amazing. So at the end of 18, right, like it's almost like mission complete. Tata, there's a bunch of rumors, but Tata leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up becoming where he is now, which is the national team manager for Mexico. Yes. Which means it's time for Miggy to leave as well. Yep. Right? Um and look, time for his time to look at Europe proper. So we just talked about how Davies broke the record for 13 million. Mm-hmm. So Altidore held the record for more than a decade. Uh, in the summer of 2018, Davies broke it for 13 million. Um, and so everyone was like, "What's it going to take to get Miguel on the road?" Right? Yeah. So, so it was like, "Is it going to be 18 mil? Is it going to be 19 mil? Like, you know?" And if it's $18 million, I mean, that's more than double the investment that Atlanta made. So, like, and, you know, we're in uncharted territories for a Major League Soccer transfer. Um, and there's already talks, I don't know if you remember this, that Atlanta was, <laughs> everyone was like, oh, Atlanta already has a replacement. They've already signed P.T. Martinez. Right, 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 right. For, like, 13 or $14 million, right? So, um, there was an article with... Pity saying, like, I'm ready to fly out right now. Yeah. 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 So, like, the entire world knew Miggy Almiron was leaving, right? Because, yeah. like, even if you if you knew anything about Major League Soccer, you knew that they already had their designated players mm-hmm. in terms of Joseph Martinez, Barco, who wasn't going to go anywhere. I have a... Before we talk about this transfer fee, mm-hmm. um, here's, here's, a, here's a speculative question. Or a question that requires some kind of speculation. Um, do you think if he left for Europe right away without going to MLS, he kind of becomes well known? I mean, I listen. I think I think there's always a transition to Europe. Um, I think I think it's like talent is is paramount, but opportunity and um, fit and. And also um, comfort or integration into a side and the culture of a side is important, right? Yeah. And so, like, that was immediate in Atlanta. The style of play that Tata Martino wanted to play plays really well with Miguel Amiro's style. Here's here's something I want to bring up that I think think we touched on in one of our episodes way, 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 way back. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably in, like, Project 40 episode or something. But, um, you know, if, if Miguel Almarone at 22 goes to 
a huge club in Europe. The question is, one, is he a starter? And then two, is he the number 10 shirt? So, like, my argument with, like, coming to MLS at that young age, playing for your hero, Tata, and then being trusted with, like, a community and and everything and being the, the number 10 and being the best player in the league, like, I hate this word, but, like, exposure. Yeah, I don't you know. Listen, I, it, it all worked out for Miguel Almiron. Yeah. Um, if the argument is, like, if he went to Europe, he would have failed, I don't buy it. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. Like you said, it's opportunity. Yeah. His his role in MLS is going to be most likely bigger. Oh, it's 100% going to yeah. be bigger. But, like, I think if Tata Martino was coaching Arsenal, he would have been fine going to Arsenal. Yeah, you know, of like, course. Um, but, like, I think if he jumps straight into Newcastle, which, mm-hmm. is, which is where he ends up going, like, I think it, might, it, it will definitely be tougher because he hasn't gone through the experience of living in a foreign country where people don't speak the language, like playing in a league where like fouling is perfectly fine. You know, like mm-hmm. all that good stuff. I think the ifs and whats, I think you can debate till history, but did MLS help him? I think, yeah. I think yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, so Davies sold for 13. Davies sold for 13. Everyone's like, everyone's like maybe 18 for a, I, I mean, everyone's like speculating. Yeah. Um, I think anyone in MLS knew Miggy's leaving. Right. Because like you had Joseph Martinez. He's not going anywhere. He's a designated player. Ezekiel Barco, designated player. He's not going anywhere. And then uh, PC Martinez, like you said, in the papers was like, I've already signed. I'm just waiting to fly over. Yeah. He's a designated player. And if you know the rules of Major League Soccer, you can't have four designated players. Mm-hmm. And so like everyone knows that Miguel Amiron is leaving. Um, but despite that, you know, uh, normally with, with transfer things, you don't really hear about this is the price that we evaluate our own player, right? All transfers are kind of done yeah, behind the they, scenes. Yeah, you kind of wait till somebody offers, right? Uh, or you, as a fan, you don't hear about it until it's done. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, Davies is leaving. By the way, it's $13 million. By the way, it's Bayern Munich. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it was crazy in, in January 2019, you know, Darren Eels, with all this talking... He's the uh, president of Atlanta United um, and former executive at, at Tottenham Hotspurs. He, he dropped the hammer. He was like, publicly, he was like, oh, we value Almiron at $30 million, which was crazy from like a, That's a MLS transfer, yeah. uh, like one, just for publicly negotiating. And then two. It's insane, like, but it's also like not far from reasonable. Yeah, and, and two, it was just like so much more than any other player has ever gotten before, right? right? right. And so like... Um, so you really don't hear anything about this, but what it does is like, you know, it says by putting it out there in the open, you're basically like, oh, Arsenal, you want them, you know, triple your offer, which is what the agent said. Um, Rafa Benitez was coaching Newcastle at the time. You Mm -hmm. want him? Break your transfer record. Um, and so Rafa Benitez, to give a little context about him, you know, he's a Champions League winning manager, he's a very good manager. He's at Newcastle, um which is a hugely supported club, uh, but the owner has uh, very famously light pockets or tight pockets. He doesn't like spending money, right? And so the team is just scraping by. And it's obvious, like, they're missing a piece uh, that was a dynamic attack, that was dynamic in the attack, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
Benitez like basically was hell bent on Almiron being that piece. Yeah. So you had, I think, I mean, the entire world knew Miguel Almiron had to be sold. And Rafa Benitez is like, you're the piece that I need to ensure that we survive. And then his agent's like, you know, I want him to make X amount a week. And then his the agent reevaluate him at 30 mil. Yeah. Which, what was the original number? So the club valued him at 30 mil. The agent wants 100,000 yeah, pounds a week. <sighs> big number, right? Um, and, and, and so, like, it's going back and forth, like, every other day, like, Newcastle's like, oh, we're out, like, this is, we'll find someone else, and then, lo and behold, Rafa Benitez is like, this is a player, we have to pay for this player, like, we have to get this guy, mm-hmm. and so, on the last day, very last day of a chance for a window, Jan 31, 2019, the deal gets done, it's 27 million dollars, which is crazy, yeah. And uh, Almiron settles on 60,000 pounds a week wages. Um, Newcastle gets their guy, and it shatters the record for Major League Soccer. Um, now, fast forward, uh, Almiron, I think, is really well-liked by the Newcastle fans. The first, uh, I would say, eight months or so, he uh, was really liked for his work rate, but he couldn't break through with his sister goal. But like recently, he's been playing really Wasn't well. Wasn't he also kind of played a little out of position? No, I mean they play him wide in the wing. You can play wing. Yeah, I would. I, I don't know. I just like him central. I, listen, the coach he plays for now is not like a line coach at all. So like, um, uh, but yeah, like more importantly, the story for Major League Soccer. What is it? What has it done? One is after Miguel Miron joins, and Joseph Martinez joins Atlanta United, and Atlanta United does really well. It kind of bursts open the pipeline. Yeah, for, for sure. South America, right? Sure. So Ezekiel Barco, again, one of the top players in terms of Argentina's like pipeline of under twenty, signs for Atlanta United. Um, BT Martinez, a South American Player of the Year, signs for Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. Um, and LAFC has really done the same thing. We talked a little bit about it, but in getting Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez, and and all of a sudden. Even if you are playing for a top, like in Argentina, or you're playing for a top team in other Latin America, you no longer have to go to either directly to Europe or even Boca Juniors or another top team. Going to MLS is now perfectly reasonable. Yeah, it's almost like MLS has almost inserted itself as like the, the as a ladder yeah. up, right? Right. And you're going to get paid more. The quality of life is great. The coaching is getting better and better. And Almiron's story finished that story and saying, now I can go to Europe at a much higher level mm-hmm. than maybe I could without it. Um, I think, again, we talked about it with a Davies sale. Like, Major League Soccer needs like two or three more quick ones that kind of solidify this. Like, they got to sell Rossi for some for money. I mean, Joseph Martinez would be there if he wanted to leave, but he doesn't. No. And Martinez is worth more here than anywhere else. But like, Diego Rossi, I think, is a prime candidate, Ezekiel Barco is a prime candidate. I think Major League Soccer, if they just cement four or five more sales immediately, it's like basically cemented. There is a Latin American pipeline yeah. um, that can go through Major League Soccer. And I think teams even like Minnesota United are, are getting Latin American phenoms. Um, the Red Bulls got Kaku. Yeah. You know, like um, it's legitimately has changed the game and the role of Major League Soccer and the grand transfer scheme um, in the world soccer and specifically how I think South Americans see major. And it's soccer. also notable that most of these guys are young. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. not, they're not like 
coming in at retirement age. That's the thing. It's like yeah. we're talking young talent coming in, playing a few years. Like Brian Rodriguez, no doubt, great talent. Mm-hmm. Um, already playing for Uruguay's national team. But like you can see in LAFC, he probably needs a little seasoning. Like he needs to, he needs to, to break through. He's going to get a lot of opportunity as soon as the league gets started back up. Um, and eventually, if he does well, he knows that LAFC is going to sell him abroad. Like, right. You know, um, right. and they're going to do right by that. So I think as we look back at it, the effect on the Miguel Almiron sale, again, it's not about just the $27 million. I'm sure that's great for Atlanta, but it's about the effect it's had for the league itself is how South American young talent sees them. And again, it could be a future revenue stream moving forward. Very, very cool. Yeah, so that is the story of Miggy Almarone and Tata Martino and his role in bringing him into the league. Uh, what are your sources? Uh, the first one is Atlanta Tata and Me by Miguel Almiron. Uh, he wrote it for the Players Tribune. Um, Atlanta United signs Miguel Almiron, hopefully sparking a new trend of ambitious MLS signings by Kim McCauley for SB Nation. Um, Lanús Acordo La Incorporación del Volante, Miguel Almiron, for, it's ESPN in Argentina. And then um, Newcastle must offer up, offer, must up their offer for Atlanta United's uh, Miguel Almiron by The Guardian. You know what movie I still haven't seen? Goal? Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever seen. You goal. know why I say Itumama Time Bien? It's because we talked about it in the Vergara episode. <laughs> yeah, and we you did. still haven't seen I it. Still haven't seen, I still haven't seen Goal, right? That's the Newcastle one? Yeah. The kid off the street. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> if you read art, if you look up articles from Newcastle, like the local papers from they Newcastle. They pretty much say he's the protagonist. He's a, yeah, they go, Almiron, like the guy from Goal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, it's not quite like that. It's not come quite on. like that. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's the story of Miguel and Tata. All right, guys. Well, we only have one more of these left, but it's coming out yeah. very soon. Please follow us at 25 Underscore Stories. If you're enjoying this and you're on episode 24, please tell your friends about it. Um, we've got one more to go. One more to go, and we'll catch you later, guys. Bye.